Grace and peace from God, our Heavenly Father, are yours. Through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Amen. We read the lesson for the day from John chapter 8, verses 3 to 11. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say? This, they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. These are God's words. Please be seated. Dear students, faculty, and staff, today our topic is going to be about deadly temptations. Martin Luther described temptations as something which deceives us or leads us into false belief, despair, or other great and shameful sins. Through our verses, we're going to see how vulnerable we can be to temptations, but also how to combat that attack on our faith. In our verses, a woman was caught sexually sinning right near God's temple where Jesus was teaching. What lesson can we learn from that? Well, we need to be on our guard all the time because we can be tempted anywhere at any time, at any college, at any chapel. St. Paul wrote, if you think you're standing firm, Be careful that you don't fall. The devil can so easily make wrong things appear good. He can tempt us to be discontent with our lives and offer us so many different excuses for why we should sin. We must realize the danger. His purpose is to destroy our faith. Of course, some people today would take this lesson and they'd say, well, don't you see, Jesus loves everyone. He must accept everyone. He didn't condemn this woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. And so what does that mean for us, they would say? It means we can live any way we want to. And Jesus will love us and accept us no matter what we say or what we do. Well, of course, that's another deception of the devil. Jesus never approves of sin. 
it would go against his very holy nature as the Son of God. He is the one who established that sexual intimacy is to, between, is to be between a man and a woman in marriage. Jesus had not come to condone the woman's sin. He had come to rescue her from her sin. There is another temptation in this lesson, which we also need to learn about. When the religious experts caught this woman who was sinning, they didn't try to help her or to care for her. They openly tried to shame her and used her as an object so that they could try to harm Jesus and make themselves look like heroes. We also must be careful of our motives for judging other people. Jesus said in Matthew 7, Why do you look at that speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the beam, half a tree, that is in your own eye? You know, in our country, certainly we would say, when people do things wrong, there's a variance in punishment. I mean, if you lie, somebody might scold you. If you commit murder, you might be in prison for the rest of your life. But when it comes to God, all sin is destructive, is harmful. It says in James, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in just one point is guilty of all of it. It's like picking up a stone and saying, I'm only going to throw it once at that mirror. But once the mirror is broken, it's shattered. The whole thing is shattered. And so are our lives, even by the smallest sin. All have sinned. All people should, should be sentenced to death and to eternal separation from God. Knowing that all sinners should face this judgment... The Bible warns, see to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Well, through this lesson, then, God calls us to repent of our sins, our, of our loveless conceit, of our revenge against others who sin against us. You know, St. Paul wasn't always so saintly. Actually, he would say he was never saintly as far as his life was concerned. But before he became a Christian, he said this. At one time, we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. But God had a good purpose for Paul and for all of us in exposing anger and sin in our lives. He wouldn't be a loving God if he silently watched as people continued to sin and went on their way to death and to eternal punishment. He wants all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Neither the woman nor her accusers could make themselves right before God. Jesus told them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And of course, her accusers 
all walked away convicted by their guilty conscience. If only, of course, they wouldn't have walked away. They should have stayed because Jesus had more news, good news to tell them, even as he has good news to tell us. Jesus was without sin. He should have been the one, the first one, to pick up the rock and begin to stone each one of us. But instead of judging us, Jesus came to satisfy God's justice for our sin. Figuratively, he raised his hand and he said to God, let me take their place. You can take all those stones of judgment and throw them at me. I will take the death penalty in their place. I will suffer the eternal torments of hell while on the cross so that the woman that's caught in adultery and all those proud accusers and every other sinner in the world may go free. John wrote, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Once those leaders left, Jesus said to the woman, Where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So we see in this lesson that Jesus does not excuse sin. He does not accept sinful actions, sinful thoughts, or sinful words. He forgives them totally by his innocent death, removing them as far as the east is from the west. And when you try to throw a rock of judgment as far as the east is from the west, you're not going to make it. It'll never hit you when you have the forgiveness of Christ. Our conscience is free so that we may live a new life in thankfulness. We will keep hearing the word of God and praying that the Holy Spirit would give us wisdom to know God's truth, to know his will, so that we do not fall into sin when we are tempted. In Jesus' forgiveness, we will also have a heart of repentance. We are not going to make excuses for our sins. We are not going to start throwing stones to people who need our help. As we trust in his forgiveness, we will live to help others and to praise Jesus for his loving forgiveness that he has given to each one of us. Amen.